Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 131. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you so much for tuning in today to our season finale episode of season number four. And the very first thing I would like to do today is take a moment to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in to the Adamantium podcast. Whether you discovered us in the very first episode or first season, or whether you've discovered us in the last week. I am very thankful and grateful that you have tuned in and even taken a moment of your time to listen to this podcast. This podcast is completely a passion project. I put my own blood and sweat into it. Nobody's getting paid. There is no incentives for anyone other than for the pure passion of human interaction and conversation and obviously a huge interest in music most of the time. So thank you so much for taking a moment out of your day to listen to these conversations, these very interesting people, and uh, I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. That being said, we will of course be back for season number five in the new year. Usually we launch around the end of January. I'm not quite sure just yet what kind of format the beginning of next season will be in, and by that I mean whether it's going to be virtual or in person. We had just made adjustments back to in-person interviews now that concerts and touring had opened up again. But it feels like in just the last week, the entire Earth got turned upside down again because of this Omicron variant of COVID. So we're going to have to play it day by day for now, kind of like we have been for the last couple of years. But rest assured, there will definitely be more Adamantium podcast in 2022. In the meantime, I'm going to take a nice little holiday break, just like everybody else. Although I'm also not sure what that's going to look like now with all these new restrictions that have been in place in Ontario. I have to admit, like a lot of people, I'm quite frustrated by it. Um, I do love Christmas, and I do. I come from a big Irish family, so I do love seeing my entire family on Christmas Day. We weren't able to do it last year, and it was the first time I'd ever had like a quiet Christmas, and now it's looking like it might be that way again. And trust me, it is very easy to get wrapped up in the bah humbug of the whole situation. But in the middle of a public health crisis, I think it is important to be grateful for what we do have and just hope and uh, and pray, dear God, that we get through this thing, that things are managed well and, you know, that we all get shot up with a booster and that we can move on with life. And also, if you were listening two episodes ago to the episode with Ron Hawkins of The Lowest of the Low, that band were supposed to do a series of shows at Lee's Palace and the Horseshoe Tavern over last week. However, they were canceled due to the new restrictions and the Omicron variant. But the good news is, if you were hoping to go to those shows and didn't have a chance to get tickets, well, they've been rescheduled for the start of April in 2022, so you still have a chance. But for now, let's focus on today's season finale episode. We've got a really cool episode to end off the season. I myself am a huge fan of this band. They are one of Canada's quintessential rock bands of the last 10 to 20 years. Of course, I'm talking about The Trues, and we've got one of the brothers, John Angus McDonald, on the podcast today. I met up with John Angus at the Biltmore Theatre in Oshawa, Ontario, right before one of their, probably one of their last shows, before all these Omicron restrictions were put in place. In fact, it was actually the day of that the new restrictions were announced. And I had a great conversation with John Angus. He's a very kind and warm person, and he had a lot of great stories. And, of course, The Trues just released a new album in 2021. It was their seventh album. It's called Wanderer. So be sure to give it a listen, but we're also going to do the Adamantium Recommend segment. 
which is five songs that I pick out that are five of my favorite songs by The Trues. And if you're new to their music, then you can kind of check them out before or after the interview. Or if you're already a fan, then you can kind of compare them to your own favorites. So I am a big time fan of The Trues' first two albums. So I picked five songs from those two albums. So from The Trues' debut album, which was called House of Ill Fame, I chose the songs Not Ready to Go and Tired of Waiting. Then from their second album, which is my personal favorite, it's called Den of Thieves. I picked the songs So She's Leaving. The next one is called Yearning. And then my last pick is a song called Poor Old Broken Hearted Me. And that is my favorite True song. And we actually do discuss it in the interview. But before we jump into conversation with John Angus, I did want to take one more opportunity to say thank you. If you're a Truce fan that is tuning into the Adamantium podcast for the very first time today, welcome aboard. We would love to have you back sometime, and we would love for you to hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. And that is it for this year. So wishing everyone, all the listeners, a very happy holidays. If you celebrate, then Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We will see you in 2022 for season number five. But for right now, here's episode number 131 with John Angus McDonald of The Trues right here on the Adamantium podcast. Be safe this holiday season. Tell someone next to you you love them. And we will see you next year. with John Angus Donald from The Truth. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Actually, Adam. what I didn't tell you before, this is actually probably going to be our season finale episode. Oh, great. I'll so. try to make it uh, shocking and... Uh, great. Un- all, the, unex- all the unexpected, revealers. Yeah. <laughs> unexpected bombshell. Yeah. I want people to describe it as a bombshell end of the season. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Um, actually, before we get started in the questions, there's actually... I have a short story from the very first time that our ex- first experience seeing the trues okay and it was back in 06 at Wakestock in Toronto yep and um it was the first time I'd seen the trues and I can't remember which song you guys did it with but you did a medley into BYOB by System of a Down we did? Yeah. Wow. And I remember being so shocked that, because, I mean, very completely different styles of music. Yeah. Well, I think Colin, yeah. very often, all along in our career, has sometimes surprised us on stage with going into something, and we're just trying to keep up. I, I, I don't think that was planned, because I think I would remember learning that song. Yeah. Because it's so insane. But I remember Colin killed it, too, and being so shocked. That's really That, funny. like, wow, what an unexpected medley here. Wow. Yeah. Well, dude, your memory's better than mine. Yeah, well, that was, that was my, that was the first time seeing the truth and I remember being so impressed by that but uh, now here we are seven albums later yes um, with The Wanderer that just came out last month Mm. Uh, awesome album again like chart topping rock album thank you Um, I guess this is your quote unquote pandemic album yep Um, tell me what was the process of making this album like compared to well, it's, it started, I mean, totally different than previous albums, mm-hmm. for sure. It, it started normally enough, like late 2019, we were in Nashville recording with Rich Robinson from mm-hmm. the Black Crows. Um, he's been a friend for many years, and we finally connected the dots to go down and do something together in Nashville in December of 2019. Uh, got back to Canada, sort of showed people our label management. We were all really excited by the direction we were taking, so we kind of booked another session for March-April to mm-hmm. do more. Um, and then, of course, the world shut down mid-March, and we never got back. So 
like any like everybody, everything just went on hold. Like yeah. all future recording sessions, everything got blown out. All the all the stuff we were holding and and everything. So from that point, it was just like um, almost like a blank slate again, you mm-hmm. know. So we started writing a lot more because we had nothing else to do. Um, and certainly that was kind of a, a silver lining because mm-hmm. I think any artist will tell you that they you usually run out of time or money or both right and that's when your record's done yeah so we actually were gifted with a ton more time time not a ton more money but a ton <laughs> more time um, so we we did get to write a bunch more so quite a few of these songs would would not exist had it not been for the pandemic because the album would have been recorded and out by the summer had there right. not, had there not been a pandemic so uh, we did never get back to finish the record with Rich or to finish any more with Rich, which was a plan. So we got back together with Derek Hoffman, who produced Civilianers, and he's such a whiz kid. Um, I really love that guy. Uh, so we did three with him in August, as soon as the studios were open again. Open, yeah. And then we did the balance of the record with Eric Ratz, mm-hmm. um, a guy our labels always kind of wanted us to work with, and we've always known, but had never experienced a, a session with him, and it was super fun and super great. And mm-hmm. He did six of the songs, so... Uh, yeah, for a total of 13. So Excellent. And was there, when you were writing these songs, especially now that you were writing them during that time, was there kind of a message you wanted to portray to your fans? or Not to our fans. I, I, I mean, I don't... It's interesting. That'd be an interesting experiment to write directly to the fans. We've never thought of it that right. way. You know, yeah. like, instead, I think, especially Colin as a lyricist, or the prime, primary lyricist, is uh, we just sort of inevitably write about what we're going through. Right. Whether it's our personal lives or existential existential angst about the state of the world or mm-hmm. <laughs> or all of the above whatever the case may be we tend to write from that perspective and and ho- hopefully people can relate you know from mm-hmm. us sharing what we're going through and i think that sort of generally has worked well i, I kind of felt like the song i want to play mm-hmm. was kind of that mm-hmm. i mean feeling at the time oh yeah we were ready to burst like everybody else we were just dying right. dying to we were, it was that was like a f- fed up kind of song you know mm-hmm. end, of our, end of our rope kind of vibe yeah. but that came from a real place like we were together over the summer when we found out that our final gig of 2020 w- was going away mm-hmm. like we'd, we'd canceled a hundred things and this was yeah. like the hundred and first right. and it was the holiday train I don't know if you know about this yeah. gig it's quite no. an amazing gig but you literally we, we did it in 2018 you get on the side of a train CP puts it on and the train goes around through Amer- uh, we did a, an American leg where we yeah. went through the Midwest all on the Mississippi the train, the side of the train goes down, you play for people that are gathered. The whole thing's kind of a charity initiative. See yeah. if he's giving away money to the food banks, they're giving away food. We're the entertainment. Uh, it's a, a really fun gig. And it, and it was, we got rebooked to do it at the end of 2020. And, and that was the day we were all writing and we got the call that that's also been canceled. Right. So it was just one of those things like, what else, you know, yeah, what else pile could on possibly it, yeah. go wrong? And then Colin jokingly started singing, I want to get on a train in a global pandemic. Ah. And he was just kidding around. And we're like, oh, that's a pretty good melody, you know, yeah. that's pretty funny. Let's, let's finish it anyway and see how good it gets. And then within 15 minutes, we had the whole shell of the song written. Uh, really? The beat, wow. the chorus. Colin refined the lyrics. But mm. very quickly, uh, it, it came together. And I think we thought, I think we knew it had to go on the record. And yeah. so it kind of like kicked some other stuff off. Okay. And uh, became the first single. Well, and what's also really kind of special about it is the video for it, too. Yeah. features Bob Lenoy, who, yeah, yeah. who uh, I'm, I'm very sadly, was one of the last yeah. things he did. Yeah. So tell me, tell me one, how you guys uh, knew Bob and, and um, you know, what he kind of meant to the band. Sure. Well, Bob uh, is a Hamilton legend, fixture, mm-hmm. along with his brother Dan. And, uh, like, I think everybody kind of knows him. So when mm-hmm. we came to town, we, we, like, I, I moved there six years ago. 
we just started bumping into him and uh, we worked together a little bit because we were rehearsing at a place where he was doing a lot of his film work uh, mm-hmm. called the Cotton Factory in Hamilton and so he ended up producing uh, directing a video for us then like a little arty video for a song called Time Speeding Up on our last record and we've just always known him as, as a sort of eccentric genius that mm-hmm. sort of tinkers with gear and makes music and does photos and makes videos and he, you know he, just a general all around artist kind of guy so when we were putting this video together, we had so many, so much serendipity was on our side. We, Chris, Chris phoned and said, we should do a video in an empty arena. I think mm-hmm. it would totally speak to the times. Yeah. Like, we want to play, but nobody's there. Yeah. Um, great. How are we going to do that? We're like, well, let's try to get Cops Coliseum. Like, there's no way. It's, let's call First, on, First Ontario or something now, but yeah, it's yeah. Cops Coliseum. Like, he's like, there's no way we're going to get this rink. Like, who's going to give this rink to us? Like, it's going to blow the whole budget, you know what yeah. I mean? So we had our agent call them, and they're like, you know what? It's, if it's for the trues, it's, we're not using it. Like, just yeah. pay for security or, you know. Right. The cost was so minimum, and, and I want to thank yeah. them on the record here. They basically let us have it for next to nothing. Yeah. So we're like, oh, my God, we got this venue. This is incredible. We told the director. We, we hired this other Hamilton dude to do the drone footage. This guy, uh, Christoph Bemphy, really talented guy. He was available, interested, and he just came came in and killed it. And then finally the director's like, the last piece of this video is we need like a secondary storyline. Like just playing in a rink is not quite compelling right. enough. So we need like a janitor or somebody that's like trying to figure out where you guys are, trying to bust you guys, all this kind of stuff. Like who can we get? So, and this was like three days before the shoot. Wow. And uh, I'm like, you know what? I think Bob would be great. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jack and Bob, uh, or Jack, our bass player, and Bob had hung out a little recently. So I'm like, could you reach out, to, reach out to Bob and see if he's able to do it? We reached out to Bob to see if he'd play the role of the janitor, mm-hmm. uh, which was a small nod to Smells Like Teen Spirit. We tried to get the same outfit as the janitor wore. Oh, that. cool. That's just a little aside because our manager used to manage Nirvana, so we just okay. wanted to give him a little, little nod of the hat. So we tried to buy Bob that outfit. He he graciously obliged us. He showed up, put the uh, rented outfit on, and just uh, proceeded to kill it every take. The director he didn't need any directing was what the director told me. Yeah. He just rolled camera and he's like, okay, now you're screwing around with the broomstick. And he would air guitar and he was like doing windmills and then yeah. he was uh, you know taking his headphones on and off, making crazy lists and. Anyway, it was just a great uh, experience, and we got to hang out and have uh, lunch. He told us some some funny stories. We caught up with him a little bit, and then he left. And uh, video came out three weeks later. Two days later, somebody called me and said he went into intensive care, and then the next day he passed away. So it was all very, very quick, um, very you know, shocking and sudden. And uh, somebody told me he never got to see the video, which kind of makes me sad a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of people reached out, and... Uh, Sort of uh, thought it was a fitting send off. Yeah, for, nice for little Bob. nod. Yeah, and a good, a good Something last. He loved, you know? Yeah, and a good last impression. It was very. I think there's a lot of joy in his performance, and mm-hmm. that's, I think a lot of people appreciated that as a last impression of him. Very cool. I like that story a lot. And um, one other question about the new album uh, that I had was a lot of the imagery used for the album was kind of like this Monument Valley mm-hmm. style imagery. Mm-hmm. What was the importance or the significance of that symbolism? Um, it started out um, w- without real significance. I, I was just sort of looking through the work of a photographer named Wyatt Clough, I think is his last name. I always okay. get his last name wrong because it's C-L-O-U-G-H. His Instagram profile was like a starting point because the photo he the, that he took um, that we used on the cover of Civilian Airs, our last mm, record, yeah. 
I just, ever since then, I've just loved his work and I've followed him. And I just started looking through for some graphic ideas. And for whatever reason, that, that image just stood out. And I thought it would make a great, especially like vinyl LP cover. Mm-hmm. Um, it also spoke, there's a song on the record towards the end called Love Lock. And it's about Love Lock, Nevada. Oh, okay. And it sort of has a desert scape. Uh, the, the lyrics in that song have a desert scape kind of image. So I thought that was the sort of tie-in. But after it came out, a lot of people asked me if we were trying to manifest wide open spaces and mm-hmm. freedom and wandering and and, and and I think that's probably the subconscious truth of course, is that yeah. we're longing for wide open vistas and uh, not being stuck inside and all that stuff so I guess it works on that level too but honestly I just really like the image amazing amazing um, next or in the next two years or so we're coming up to 20 years since the debut album yeah I know <laughs> pretty pretty wild eh yeah. I, I mean I remember when you guys yeah came. I, I was in high school yeah um any plans to celebrate this album in any way? Like, you know, the, I know right now it's hard to plan ahead, but... Yeah, it's really hard to plan ahead. We had we had always said we might do a tour, or whatever that means. Maybe just a handful yeah. of dates, maybe a whole tour of, of just doing the record. Because I, I kind of like when bands do that. Like the, in, in the entirety? Yeah, yeah. We, did it, we did it once for a live stream during the pandemic at the mm. Horseshoe. Because the Horseshoe asked us to do a live stream. Yeah. In the spring, it got canceled because of COVID. I mean, even the even the live streams were getting canceled, which didn't make any sense. But we ended up postponing it and doing yeah. it again. But for that show, we did the first album in its entirety because that's where we used to play. Mm-hmm. The Horseshoe was like the, the, back in those days was our regular play, so we thought it'd be a fun place to do it. And we had a really good time, and it, the reception was great. So we kind of thought maybe we would take it on tour. I just hope that. You know, we can get this tour done. You're right. Before 2023. Yeah, that's it. And then if we do, if we can celebrate a new album and new music, I'll, yeah. I'll be cool to go back and go revisit, back and revisit like the older one. I have. There's a funny story I heard once. I, there was a band doing a 10 year anniversary or something of their album, and uh, I asked them a similar question, or like, are you going to play the album the entirety? And yeah. the, what I found interesting was he was like, well, the thing was, I was like 16 when I wrote that album, so he's like, some of the lyrics I go back on, he's like, they're so cringy. I know. Like, so All of it. <laughs> grow so much in you know that amount of time too uh, all so. of it colin had a really hard time with some of those lyrics with a straight face and, and even the performances because we were so green it was like our first real studio experience yeah. and we were doing it we did it in six days talk about running out of time and money right. so uh it was done really quickly it's it's impressive that it was so successful given those circumstances mm-hmm. but i mean going back to uh but that's kind of rock and roll too you it know, is but, rock and roll yeah. and it's, it's the story the story of rock and roll that yeah. you know it's, it's like a bunch of you know ne'er-do-wells from the sticks coming in yeah. and, and, and going hard and, and then getting somewhere and I, you know so so it's kind of cool but at the same time i can relate to what your what your buddy was saying yeah it's it, it trying to remember who it was who said it but uh yeah it, it definitely we had those moments relearning those songs yeah where, and so, certain ones didn't come back so easily because certain songs we haven't stopped playing since but right. other ones we haven't played in like you know 15 years yeah. so it, it takes a bit of brushing up well one of one of my our, my favorite true song comes from the second album from den of thieves and it's the song poor old broken hearted me cool thank you and i remember you 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 were saying previously like most of the songs come from a place so who was the at that time who was the poor old broken hearted me almost the whole second record is about a relationship colin was in that was coming to an end as we were making that record okay and he was sort of singularly fixated on elvis costello's blood and chocolate okay you know that record okay but it's a breakup record and it's about one particular person wow. and so I, I look back at that record and there's a few exceptions but not many yeah. most of them are the yearning and all that yeah. yeah most of them are about this one relationship that was coming apart at the seams um, 
so yeah, that, that's coming from Colin, Colin's perspective. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, the Trues have kind of, you know, over the they've become like synonymous with Canadian rock and roll. To me, they're like you know, like a Sloan and uh, cool. Rush, you know, yeah, the yeah, hip. Yeah. Um, what does it mean to you guys to be a Canadian band? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I don't know any different from, from right. me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I, I, you know, certainly being be put in a category with those artists is a mm-hmm. compliment because we grew up with all of those bands mm-hmm. at being influenced by them. And, uh, it's, it's a hard country to tour in. Um, and I think it builds a certain character. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it makes for, you either, you either make it or you break up trying because it's a tough country to tour in. Yeah. So the ones that do squeak through tend to you know have a lot of grit they got a good backbone they got a good sense of humor because you got to learn to laugh yeah so uh so that you know i, I think it's it's a fine thing to be a canadian man it, it's tough it's a tough place to to make it just geographically right well, what what do you think about true's music resonates with canadians because you know every record hits the charts yeah and you know there's juno nominations every every record yeah 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 I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I think we, we, I feel lucky that we have such a devoted fan base, and I think mm-hmm. that's the reason for like the sh- the chart debuts. And so I think our fans rush out and they get it, which yeah. is I'm very grateful for that. I think that Canadian fans appreciate a band that shows up mm-hmm. and then shows up again and then shows up again and then shows up again, which yeah. is what we sort of been doing for mm-hmm. 20 years. Like. We've never not toured the whole country on a, on an album cycle, and then in the summer we're always around doing festivals. And mm. we have done American tours, not to that extent. We've done Europe, we've done Japan and Australia, but Canada has always been the sort of bread and butter market. And we've maybe we sort of super serve it in a way, you yeah. know, the last two years notwithstanding. But we're always sort of around. So I think people, uh, at least the people that show up for us, appreciate that. Yeah. As fellow rock and roll nerds, what was like? What was what was a more surreal experience for you, opening for the Rolling Stones at the Phoenix, or playing a ten minute version of Twist and Shout with Bruce Springsteen? I think they're tied. Yeah. I mean, like, or I, what? What other? You know, what yeah. other experience just felt like? Well, wow! I can't believe I'm here. You know? We've done. There's been so many, man. Yeah. Like you know, we we've. Uh, Obviously, we toured with Robert Plant. Yes, you know, yeah. and like and he was doing a lot of Zeppelin. I just couldn't believe that after night going on watching him play, like going to California and, and then getting to know him on the tour and mm-hmm. you know, like having a drink with him. It was it was quite wild and playing with Guns and Roses and Aerosmith and Kiss and you know Cheap Trick and uh, the list goes on. Like all, yeah. all of our like sort of primary influences from like our youth. Yeah, almost. You know, we we played with so many of them. So it, it's all. It's all gravy, man. It's yeah. all tied for awesome. You Did know? you? Was there ever a point where you're like, how how am I in this, or was it all happening so fast? I think the Stones like, one felt very surreal. Yeah, because I, you know I didn't. It's just seeing those guys pull up in their like vintage Rolls Royce, each band member yeah. on their own, and yeah. we're just in the dressing room at the Phoenix, looking down and watching Ronnie Wood come in and Charlie come mm-hmm. in, and, and it was before we went on, and then we went on and played, and I looked over in the wings and saw Mick and Charlie watching us, and then they brought us into their dressing room for a drink. Oh wow! After our yeah. show, and then they came in and they were very comfortable complimentary and kind and we did a photo which I still have proudly hung in my house you know so just one of those great great things I mean like so many bands have had their Rolling Stone moment you know like whether it be Sloan or the hip of the Glorious Sons and Mm -hmm. all this and it's it's just great everybody thinks about it the same way it's like what what a dream what a great thing amazing um 
one one thing I actually didn't know till yesterday, till I was doing a little bit of research before the, was the you guys originally or one of the ideas for the original name of the band was One Eyed Trouser, a, yeah. mon, a Monty Python, a reference to Monty yeah. Python. Yeah. The meaning of I and it's funny because I'm a big Monty Python fan, but I don't even I don't actually remember that. It's just skit. a passing that? little scene. I think they're in a restaurant where they're discussing the yeah. meaning of life comes up as a topic. Okay. But there's a person in the corner playing a song, and it's all about dicks. It's all about. Okay. <laughs> so he's like, get it, did it, get it, but it. You one eyed child's a snake, and okay, he, he just yes. tosses is Eric Idle, and he tosses it off um, in that song, and that's what we used. And it's super juvenile. We were of 50, course, 50, right, right. But it had a good ring to. It. We thought it had a good ring to it, and then we. Uh, kind of got established as an Anaganish local bar band and then all of a sudden it was just our name and then we decided to chop off the one-eyed and we just went by Trouser forever and ever Okay. and then we got signed up in Toronto to like management and agent label and then we got actually sued by another band who had the name Trouser really? which just seems so weird yeah. so we had literally one weekend to find another name and we thought we were done we're like yeah the 100 people at the horseshoe, like, if we have to change our name, they won't know what to call us, yeah. you know? So we lit- uh, somebody from home, from Antigonish, suggested trues. It means the same thing. It means trouser. It's like oh, okay. a, it's a traditional Scottish tartan pant. It's the stupidest thing when you think about it. But we thought the trues had a good ring to it, yeah. too. So that's how that happened. Amazing. It's kind of like, it's funny, it's the journalist, like, number one no-no, don't ask what the name is from. But I just saw the Monty no, Python know. reference, I and I was like, that's incredible. Like, I'm, a, I'm like, I, I, yeah. for the life of me, I can't remember this line. Yeah. Somebody, somebody said. I think it was like Elvis Costello or somebody, somebody cool. Like yeah. we have like a mutual person and and he said something like, "Oh, great band, shit name." <laughs> and if you're from Scotland, right, as he is or his roots are, yeah. there, like you'd be like, "Come on over here and calling yourself the the pantaloons or the jeans." Right, right. Like, really, you know. But nobody over here, thankfully, knows what it means. Yeah, that's funny. Um, you guys got to play the Grey Cup last weekend. Yeah. That must have probably the biggest gig you've done since before the pandemic. Oh, by far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So was, tell me what that experience was like. You know, it was really it cool. Like. I mean, we, we've done a few of those kind of events before, um, and it was a beautiful day. The weather was good. It was Hamilton. There was a lot of, like, hometown proud uh, stuff going on. We, we've all, three out of the and five of us. That is home for you guys. Yeah, three of the five of us live there now. So it was great, and the weather was good, and it was, you know, it was like plus six degrees. It could have easily been minus 20. Right, yeah. Uh, so we had a really good day, a really good show. It felt great to be in front of that many people, and who knows what the way things are going. It could be a little mm-hmm. while again before we're doing that. So um, I was I was grateful we got it in. I also thought the Arkells killed it. Yeah. And I thought it was a great day. And I, the only thing was the end, you know, that kind of spoiled it. Like the, right, that I they didn't actually bring it home. Yeah, but, but it was a good game. No. It was like, actually, I remember the first time they ever had like the MLS Cup final here. It wasn't, they didn't, at the time they didn't do it where the home team right. got it. It was just right. like a random city. Toronto well, it's got the, it. It's supposed to be like that. I mean, right. or not supposed to be, but like it's, it, they, they award these cities years in advance. Yes. So yes. you never know. That's what happened the first time and it was like, two random teams too it wasn't even like big name team it was like right. Colorado and someone who was in the final right. and it was in Toronto in December it was like minus 20 yeah. half the people showed up for the final yeah, yeah. and I remember I think it was Matt Good played the opening thing yeah. and it was just so cold outside yeah. he didn't have the crowd he's like man there's more people at my paid show yeah, I know, like, I know. <laughs> we, we, did, uh, we once did like, the anthem in 2010 it okay. was in Edmonton yeah. and Edmonton weren't playing because it's you know it's, it was the great cup final Yeah, and 
we had to do the anthem like with an acoustic guitar yeah. and it was like I think it was minus 20 minus 25 like yeah. it was brutally what do your cold. vocals feel like when you're well doing honestly like your fingers hurt to touch the right, strings touch of the, the guitar of course, yeah and there was not only 30 or 40,000 people in the stadium it was nationally broadcast, broadcast. Yeah. so it was like one of those ner- like nerves on a million situations yeah. but it could have easily been like that but Last weekend was great. Yeah, and all the way up to the very end. Everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and my last, my last thing today is, I mean, I saw this great little video of you guys last year, right before, I mean, it's right before Christmas right now. You guys were doing a live stream at the Danforth, mm-hmm. and you did this little video outside of of uh, Must Be Must Santa. Be Santa yeah. yeah. Any Christmas songs on the on the set for this weekend? Uh, we may, maybe we'll rip one out at some point. There's a like like that. Go back to that holiday train story I was telling you about when we talked about I Want to Play. We, yeah. We did this this great little Christmas charity thing and uh, they sort of encourage like do some of your hits but do some Christmas classics yeah. as well and Must Be Santa is a song that Bob Dylan revamped yeah. recently so we kind of were going off of his version and we also learned uh, the U2 uh, you know Baby uh, Please Come Home Baby Please Come Home My yeah the, the Phil Spector yeah exactly yeah. I love that one and we and we know about two or three others uh, that we could pull out and, and maybe we should just given the you know the the recent dark cloud that's yeah, gathering yeah. above. <laughs> yeah, no, like a little brightness on it. Yeah, exactly. Have the Trues ever put out a Christmas song or? Any? We did. Have, we, we released an original called okay. "Coming Home," and every year around this time, it like creeps into our top five most played right. on Spotify because mm-hmm. it's it's on the the a couple of these big playlists. Yeah. Um, and obviously that music is kind of evergreen. It's once a year, yes, it always yeah. comes back. So it is called. Coming Home, which is not the most original title, but uh, it's an original and it's uh, sort of a slower ballady type song. Okay, and to wrap up, my my last question is: Do the Trues or or the McDonald Brothers they have any Christmas traditions? Um, not really. I mean, I have my own kids now. You know, I right. have two, two two sons. So I think you know the the, the true answer is no. But we we always do a big meal mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve, and we usually do big lunch on Christmas Day. Okay. It, but you know that's hardly a tradition. I mean, getting up early is kind of the the is main the, yeah. thing, and uh, trying to enjoy the the moments, you know. Great. I mean, or do you and your brother remember anything from growing up in New Brunswick? Did you guys have any? Oh, Nova Scotia. Memories? Nova Scotia. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. Did you guys have any any? Memories yeah. of what you guys did I mean, as a family. Or? Music was always a big part of our house. Okay. So like, I feel your like parents musicians as well. My dad was okay. a musician, and my my mom's dad was a musician. So it's on both sides, and uh, it just was always a, a part of the house. There was always somebody at the piano, or somebody at the guitar, or somebody at the record player. So I, I think that that's another big part of, of just family gatherings mm. that I'm, I'm used to. I'm used to like singing along and kitchen parties and all the rest. So amazing man well um, you know good luck tonight and uh, happy holidays Merry Christmas thanks Adam thanks for having me thank you Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.